This is the Music Vibes Podcast, sponsored by Neat 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 Records and Music, located at 1836 South Calhoun Street in downtown Fort Wayne. Neat 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 stocks LPs and CDs across all genres and is an authorized dealer of Ortophone, Audio-Technica, Emotiva, Wharfdale, Project, and more. Please visit NeatNeatNeatRecords.com for more information. Give me a follow on Twitter. I'm at DC Hendrix on Twitter. And give the podcast a follow on Twitter as well at Music Vibes Pod on Twitter. Music Vibes Pod and DC Hendrix on Twitter. Be sure to give us a follow. So on this week's edition of the Music Vibes Podcast, we're going to be talking to Steve Hackett, who is former guitarist from Genesis. And if you guys don't know of Genesis, if you, you may have heard of them, but may not, a song may not resonate with you. Here's one song you may know. If you don't know that one, you may know this one. Fantastic stuff. But today we are actually traveling back a little bit. We're going to travel back into time as I usually do on this podcast. I actually love doing that. Um, so we're going to travel back all the way to 1973 when Genesis released the album Selling England by the Pound. And Steve Hackett, who's going to be joining me here to talk about a little bit of that album, Travel Back Into Time. He's actually going to be performing this album in his entirety on his upcoming tour that actually stops in a couple of Midwest dates. And uh, hopefully he could make a stop into Fort Wayne, Indiana here. Maybe a stop in the Neat 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 Records and play a couple songs for us. But Steve Hackett, former guitarist of Genesis, is going to be playing that 1973 album in its entirety on his upcoming tour and obviously including his new album as well. Um, it's 2019 release. He actually just released it a couple of weeks ago. January 25th of 2019, he just released his brand new album, At the Edge of Light. background information on Steve Hackett you know so basically since the 70s Steve has had a remarkable music career as an immensely talented and innovative rock musician and a classical guitarist and composer now he released more than 30 solo albums seven Genesis albums um, recognized as one of the most innovative rock musicians of our time in 2010 he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame another Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee joining us here Hackett was actually the lead guitarist for Genesis as part of their classic lineup with Pete Gabriel Phil Collins who produced several of the band's most acclaimed albums, including Selling England by the Pound, where we'll travel back to, and The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Now, Steve has long professed the love of Selling England by the Pound, which was released back in 1973, as his favorite Genesis album ever. 2019 also sees the 45th anniversary of the band's hit single, I Know What I Like, 
which was a top 30 hit single in the UK in 1974 and featured on Selling England by the Pound. With Steve's extraordinary versatility in both his electric guitar playing and his composing, he is influenced by many genres, including jazz, world music, blues, and even classical. So let's go ahead and welcome in Steve, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, another one added to this podcast list. And Steve Hackett is joining us here right now on the podcast. Steve, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Wonderful to talk to you. Thank you. So you're bringing back and doing all the classics from the 1973 album, Selling England by the Pound, which was released October of 1973. So let's travel back there, if you don't mind. I love to time sure. travel um, on this podcast. So let's time travel back to 1973. Everything's going well. Just kind of let's start off the prior to the release, prior to the release of the album, Selling England by the Pound. What, what were how was times back then for you? How was everything preceding the album? Well, I remember I was personally very excited about the album, and I used to joke that we had a hit single on it before we, in fact, did have a hit single. So, uh, uh, bit like, uh, be careful what you wish for. But I, I think of it as, as a uh, as a as a kind of comprehensive uh, album. I think there were so many things on it, lots of different styles, and. Uh, it was very English, very idiosyncratic, very wacky. Mm -hmm. And then John Lennon gave an interview and said that we were one of the bands he was listening to at the time. So mm -hmm. it, it, it rides, you know, very high in my affections for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. Well, what are the, what is the first thought that goes to your mind when John Lennon mentions you guys? Well, I just heard it as we were leaving New York, and it was Peter Gabriel who said he just heard that, and I thought, oh wow, you know, uh, we can't get a gig in the states. We have to wait until we're we're in L.A. before we can do it. There's no one interested in, in the entire Midwest. No gigs in between the East Coast and the West Coast. And then um, and then we did a bunch of sell-out shows at the Roxy in L.A. Small club, 500-seater, two shows a night, mm -hmm. uh, three nights, all sold out. Same 500 people came to all those shows. That's how I, 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 I remember it. So who was I? There, there was no streaming service or anything like that back then to be like no. listening on Spotify or anything like that. So who no. were who who was uh, who was on your record player? Who's who were you playing on vinyl back then, Steve? Oh my God! Um, at the <laughs> time, I think um, I was a huge fan of the Beatles. Of course, they were over by then. You know, there were a lot of mm -hmm. English bands that were starting to use the influence of of orchestras and jazz and, and all that. So I was kind of interested in everybody, to be honest. I was listening partly to jazz. I was listening to classical stuff. I was listening to simple rock and roll. I was listening to complicated stuff, vaudeville, music hall. Uh, you name it, I was listening to it. I love it. I love it. 1973 is where we're traveling back to here. So let's let's kind of dig into the album a little bit that you were. And then we'll get to obviously your new stuff that you have released as well. Been jamming to that. But let's go to uh, Selling England by the Pound. And I we're talking about this because you're going to be playing for the first time ever. You're going to be performing this entire album on your yeah. tour so let's let's go ahead and let's dig into this album let's kind of again we're traveling back to the studio you guys are preparing and you know recording this album what were some of the thoughts in the process behind recording this album uh well i remember that we were uh we were rehearsing at a house in a place called chessington which is outside london and chessington is normally famous for one thing it's got a zoo and now it's got a theme park, of course, but mm -hmm. but back in the day, it had had this zoo. So there was a kind of 
a zoo-like atmosphere to it. Uh, Genesis was always uh, rehearsing and recording and in, in very strange places. Um, yeah, very quirky, very eccentric, but I remember being thrilled with the album. I remember thinking, oh, there's something really good going on here. Um, I don't think all of the band were as enamored with it as I was. I think that Tony and Mike felt that maybe the album was a bit of a disappointment. And I think our label boss, Tony Stratton-Smith, thought the album was a disappointment compared to its predecessor, which was Foxtrot. But I, I felt it was stronger in so many ways. I mean, the playing had come on in leaps and bounds, and I think the production. There's just something very clean about it. And um, so I was very proud of, of just coming in with riffs rather than whole songs for the album and, and getting them incorporated into the thing. So... Uh, yeah, you've got tapping, you've got all sorts of stuff. You've got all the wacky stuff by Peter Gabriel, you know, who was the lead singer at the time. Um, the lyrics, there was a lot of humour, a lot of wordplay. It might have been what attracted John Lennon, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's weird that you said that the band really did, wasn't, weren't big fans of it, didn't think that it was as good as Foxtrot. Now, did, did they change their mind at least uh, after the success started rolling in? Because this album did end up reaching number three on the charts in the UK and even number 70 right. here in the US. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, I think that um, all I can say, I can't speak for anyone else. All I can say is for me, you know, it, it reigns supreme in terms of, I think it's the best album that we did with the lineup. Uh, Peter Gabriel, Tony Banks, Mike Rutherford, Phil Collins, and myself. Um, I, was, I was very proud of it. I, I knew that it was something special. Yeah, and obviously you'll be doing all this in its entirety. So are you going to be doing it in order or just kind of spread it around? I think I'll probably do it in order. Um, um, although I, I realize that would make it terribly predictable. So um, <laughs> you give me an idea there. I could I could start at the end and uh, and, and, and go backwards. But uh, I think that what people are really, you know, buying the tickets, will prob they'll probably want the journey, the idea of, yes, I know what's coming next, but I'm, but I'm here because I, I want to relive that moment in my life at that time. And any newcomers... Uh, will really, you know, just get the whole journey from start to finish. Yeah, and this album was obviously the fifth studio album that was released by you guys in Genesis. Um, and before we get to your new album, I want to talk a little bit about the album that came after yeah. Selling England by the Pound. So you guys transitioned yeah. from this fantastic album into The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Um, so yeah. what were you guys aiming to do with that one, with that album after this one? Well, I think that um, at the time... Uh, we we were sharing lyric writing up to that moment, and then with Lamb Lies Down, uh, Peter Gabriel was thinking about leaving the band. He was talking to William Friedkin, who just had this huge hit with The Exorcist, um, and he wanted Pete to write a screenplay for, for him. He didn't realize that, that that would mean breaking up the band, but I think that, that Pete wanted to spend more time with family and... Um, I think it's a great shame that we, that we didn't collectively all, you know, vote that that uh, that Pete should do that. Um, I don't remember it being an issue at the time. I just remember that one minute he was in the band, then he was out of it, and then he was back in it again, and then he was out of it again. Uh, I had great affection for Pete because he's the reason why I ended up joining the band in the first place. He was the guy that called me up, and uh, and we had lots of interesting conversations about 
things that a ba- that a band might become, and, the, and and talking about presentation and the importance of light shows and mm-hmm. and having a mellotron and synthesizers and and um, being able to present a band a bit like a time capsule where it can honour early music and classical stuff and can you know stretching to fusion and, and and all these other things and genres that hadn't been named. Yeah, and obviously this was around the time because I believe you had your fault fo- your first um your first solo album, didn't you? In like seventy five, how, how how did everything right. how did everything uh, occur for you for that? Well, um, I loved doing the solo album. I had the help from Mike Rutherford and and uh, Phil Collins on that. Plus, it was the first time I was working professionally with my brother John Hackett and John Acock uh, um, uh, engineering. Um, and working with a whole bunch of other people, um, Sally Oldfield, um, Mike Oldfield's sister, who had a great voice. Uh, plus, I got to work with um, other friends, uh, guys like John Gustafson um, and um, um, uh, uh, Nigel Warren Green, that uh, was playing fantastic cello, who'd been at school with, with my brother, and Percy Jones, mm-hmm. who was part of. of um, of Phil's band at the time, Brand X. So it was a very, very interesting time. And I was recording in Aviation House in London. Now, this was a government building, but it was the place where Fleetwood Mac had recorded a lot of their early stuff. And um, it was part owned by by the guys from uh, Deep Purple. But there was a noise restriction. You couldn't start work until 6 o'clock at night. And um, uh, so they were all nighttime sessions. And... uh, you know what it's like when you're young working on this stuff you feel no pain you're going on into the night wondering why you can't sleep when you get back because you're still completely wired so (laughs) I remember doing it on very little sleep and very little food too many cigarettes and don't don't copy me because that's not the way to do things but it's just the way it was yeah I totally understand I'm living living through a briefcase a suitcase Um, I I totally get it but you know that obviously started a big solo career for you as well i mean all the way through the 70s 80s 90s brings us all the way to 2019 i believe just a little bit over a month ago actually you just released the brand new album at the edge of light and i've been playing it all morning talk talk about how this came about this brand new album uh well first of all i i'm I'm hugely proud of, of of the new album we've got a whole ton of people on it from all over the world um, in a way, it's just a function of, of working with friends who happen to come from uh, places as far flung as from Azerbaijan to Hungary uh, to India to the United States, and, and, and the list goes on. And uh, most people I work with face to face, such as the McBroom sisters, who famously worked with mm-hmm. the Stones, um, Pink Floyd. A whole ton of people, and uh, they had such great voices. So we worked on a gospel-inspired uh, track, which was Underground Railroad. Um, I loved the, their input on on on, on the whole thing, um, and that's very different to most progressive stuff. Um, plus, there was Ashima Mukherjee, who is a fantastic uh, female sitar player, but a real a real virtuoso with an extraordinary technique and. She came in and did her solo on on the track, which was hardly built at the time, mm-hmm. um, and it just sounded wonderful from from the word go. So she did everything in one go. 
So you've got these sort of virtuosic performances from people of great stature on it, and um, love working with them, from Malik Mansirov from Azerbaijan on guitar, who kicks it off, to all these other people. Um, so it's, it's really a kind of global, comprehensive album, but it's still very much a rock thing. Um, uh, I think, that, you know, the world music influences such as there, you know, they, they come in, but they do these sort of brief salvos, and then they're, they're in and out, so we, you know, we keep the momentum going, mm-hmm. going on. I decided not to do any, any long acoustic tracks on the album. I thought, let's keep up the momentum, keep up the pace. Um, so for all sorts of reasons, um, and it seems to have done great things in the charts on this side of the Atlantic, so I'm, I'm thrilled about the response to it. I don't think I've had a better reaction or chart position for 35 years or so. So, yeah, uh, it seems to tick all the boxes, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. I've been loving. We played a little bit of Beast in Our Time, a little bit of Ooh. Underground Railroad, a couple of the nice, uh, I would say, singles, I guess, uh, from the album that we've really yeah. been we really been enjoying here on this show. So thank you for letting thank us you play. Much. That. Oh yeah, absolutely. And this also, I want to know your thoughts on this too and what this means. Now, this 2019 also marks the 40th anniversary for one of your most popular solo albums, Spectral Mornings. What does that mean to you? It means a lot to me. Um, I recorded that, and well, we released it, I think, in 79. That's right. We, we started recording it um, just after Christmas of 78. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, wonderful the way, the way the response was at the time, and I'm still very fond of it now. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain tracks that I'm relearning uh, in order to play it it live or a substantial amount of it and um uh it just strikes me every time that i i hear it i i think that what a great band it was at that time and um and again the beginnings of world music with it global stuff the use of of koto from 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 china on it and um some nylon guitar which has got the spanish influence with lost time in cordoba um um, there are many things. I think because it was my first touring band, yeah. um, I was very proud of, of the way the band sounded. Uh, there was a great spirit within the band. It had a great overall um, harmony vocal picture to it. I think, I think I was probably trying to be the British answer to the Eagles on it. <laughs> and um, it was just something about the combination of the voice of Pete Hicks and Dick Cadbury and um, uh, and myself on vocals, plus my brother John, wonderful to have him in, in the touring band playing flute and, and various other things, um, and Nick Magnus and John Shearer. Nick Magnus, fantastic keyboard player, still is. I, I still show up on albums that he makes uh, these days. Wow. And, um, and so it was such a great time, so I'm very proud to take... Uh, these three favourites on the road uh, to play Selling England in its entirety, uh, Spectral Mornings, and and whatever I can fit in of the new album, uh, At the Edge of Light. So they're all favourites of mine, so I'm, I'm being straight with you here. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Yeah, so that brings us to the tour dates. Yeah, that's what we're promoting mm-hmm. here. So tons of dates. You'll be, uh, I, know, I know I've been looking at the Midwest dates because that's where I'm located. No Indiana no. dates, but you do have a couple that I'm going to be looking at just to let you know and put that out there. I'm going to be looking at the Cleveland, Ohio date, which is in early October. Grand Rapids, Michigan, October 3rd. Uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, October 4th. And then Chicago, Illinois, 
October 5th. Well, those are the dates that I'm looking at. So I'm hoping to check you out. I think we're we're all excited to hear Thank a little you. bit of the Spectral Mornings 40th anniversary at the Edge of Light. I'm going to keep promoting that. The brand new album. And we all love the classics. We all love traveling back. And we will be listening to Selling England by the Pound as well. Steve Hackett joining us here. Steve, thank you so much for taking time and joining me today to talk about this music. Absolutely loved it. Thank you so much. It's been great talking to you, DC. Thank you. So that'll just about do it for this week's edition of the Music Vibes Podcast. Again, I've been your host, DC Hendricks. Thanks so much to Steve Hackett for joining us here. Really appreciate him coming on and traveling back to 1973 with us, talking about selling England by the pound, his upcoming tour dates, and everything else. Be sure to keep up with the Music Vibes Podcast with DC Hendricks, presented by Neat 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 Records, by subscribing on everywhere podcasts are available. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Radio Public, everywhere podcasts are available. Make us one of your favorites by subscribing, and make sure to leave us a review. And let me know what you guys are thinking of the Music Vibes podcast. That'll do it for this week. And until next week, everybody, be sure to spread some peace and love. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.